Welcome to the Design of Communication podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Keeling, and this podcast is about how you can become a confident communicator as a design, tech, or creative professional. Sharing career strategies, language tips and insights, and communication techniques to become a powerful communicator and excel in your career and reach a new level of confidence in English. Hey, Jemmy, it's so great to see you here today. Oh, Gemma, I'm so excited to be with you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no, thank you for joining us. Well, firstly, can you tell us about yourself and your role and a little bit about what you do? I'm Jamie McKinney. I'm the president and founder of JMD Consulting, whose mission is to empower women to ditch doubts, speak up, and achieve the careers they deserve and desire. Wow, <laughs> that's wonderful. So ditching doubts, and typically, who do you work with? Do you, would you work with organizations or individuals? Yes, <laughs> all of the above. <laughs> oh, I so I come from very technical, very male dominated industry before doing what I do now. I spent about 10 years in the automotive industry and around that same time in energy on the renewable side, but primarily on the oil and gas side. And I found myself repeatedly as the only female uh, in the boardroom out in the field. I mean, it didn't really matter. And I noticed that when I did encounter other women, uh, just that that belief in themselves and that ability to speak up and to take that brilliance inside and project it outward uh, was something that everybody was always excited to talk about it and learn more about and be able to do. And so the women in technical, I mean, you could call it male dominated, uh, but it's really technical industries. Um, I like to refer to it as technical because, you know, this isn't about us versus them. It's just it's how we how we work better together. Yeah, that's nice. I do find sometimes it seems that it's them versus us, you know, male, female. And, and I think that's, we've moved a long way since, <laughs> since that messaging, mm-hmm. for sure. So one thing I find really interesting is that you talk about how confidence is a currency. Yes. And I haven't really heard anyone put it that way, although I, I really like that. It's really, really resonates. So can you share more about that? Yes, definitely. That was something. So as as I was writing my book, uh, Speak Up Sister, and I was thinking through it, I came up with that concept at that time that you can think about your confidence as a currency, as if it were an amount in your bank account. Uh, And just like your bank account, it has your name on it. You control the password, the two-factor authentication. You You make the decisions about how to grow it, how to invest it, and how to spend it. And when you think of your confidence in that same way as a currency that you own, you protect, you call the shots on it, it creates a a powerful mindset of that this is an internal validation piece. It's not external validation. If, If you're relying on others to boost and increase your confidence, that's not going to be a, a, a very rewarding path. Whereas if you have the ability to say, no, no, that, you know, that's my account. And I'm not going to let a certain person or a situation deplete my account. Now you've got some power and you can make some strategic moves with that. Yeah. So it's about the confidence coming from within, from with yes. yourself, rather than that 
external validation, which I know for many people, they look to others to build their confidence. Yeah. And I mean, it's definitely nice to get a pat on the back and recognition. <laughs> sure. No, no doubt. But, but the way you go into it saying, mm-hmm. I've got this and I'm going to do my best and I'm going to lead with my most confident self, mm-hmm. that's making deposits into your account. So that when you know somebody comes at you with a question or something that throws you off guard, now that you've invested a little bit in your confidence account, that strengthens your ability to rather than, you know, get defensive when that comes at you to just say, okay, tell, tell me more about that. And just to have a conversation uh, rather than a depletion of your confidence account. And that doesn't, you know, doesn't lead in a good direction. Uh, it's not, it's not supporting your highest and best self. Yeah. Well, you say about investing in your currency of confidence. Mm-hmm. I guess the big question is, well, how do you do that? Uh, there's a variety of ways. I mean, you know, just like your bank account, it's it's a habit. You know, as you're as you're growing your account, it's it's not like you do one thing and you're all set, right? Uh, so it's it's what's part of your your daily routine. I mean, I was talking to one of my coaching clients earlier this week, and I asked her. I said, "So, you know, when you get up in the morning, do you do you brush your teeth and shower every day?" And she said, "Well, well, yes." And I said, "And do you do the exact same thing the very next day?" She said, "Well, yes." And I said, "Why?" And she said, "Well." you know, it, it wears off and you have to refresh and reboot. Right. And I said, well, your, your confident mindset works the same way. So as you're brushing your teeth, what do you want to make happen in your day? How do you want to own your day rather than let your day own you? Right. And simply in thinking about that and acknowledging it, I mean, sometimes when I'm brushing my teeth, I'll stand in my power pose and say, I'm going to make it a great day. I'm going to make it a great day. Uh, and it doesn't have to be complicated. It just has to be consistent so that you're continuously flexing your confidence muscle and making deposits into your account. That that's one way. <laughs> There's a whole yeah, no, a I whole like variety of ways, but that's one. I like that example of of just even, you know, the habits are powerful. And I think it's Mal Robbins who says every day you should give yourself a high five in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really, you know, acknowledging yourself. So even something very simple, like you said, power stand or and and doing that with another habit can be, you know, we always brush our teeth or you always some routine that you already have. So I, I really like that. I think that's a good way to keep it consistent. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I know you work with many different clients and from many different backgrounds, I can imagine. And what would you say are the biggest challenges that you see them experience? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. You know, it's interesting because it's it's not so much the biggest challenge, it's a variety of small challenges. Mm. And what I see my clients experience is when they learn how to overcome or surmount just one or two of those little challenges, the bigger ones diminish in their size, if if that makes sense. So, uh, you know, it's little things like being able to disagree without being disagreeable in a meeting, which was a skill set that Ruth Bader Ginsburg had mastered. It's being able to respond to an email. I mean, Gemma, have you ever received that that email lands in your inbox and your initial response is just like (laughs) frustration and reaction, you know, your heart pitter patters a little bit. Uh, But to be able to take a step back from that and say, okay, you know, how am I going to to do this in a a confident way, right? Not, Not an insecure way. How can I do this in a way where I don't feel so much like I'm reacting knee jerk, but where I'm taking the high road 
and responding confidently. And it's interesting because one client in particular, that was when we started working together, that was one of her big goals is her emails. And these, I'm, these are her words. Her emails were a mess. They just flowed and went on and on with words. And she was having trouble getting to the point. And once she set up a system to have bullet points and a lot of organization in her emails, she noticed that her speech, her verbal communication followed along. And that was a really great transition. And it also speaks to the the transferable nature of confidence is that you don't have to say, all right, I'm going to build it in all these areas. If you can just start in one place that's important to you, you'll quickly notice how that transfers to other areas as well. Yeah, that's nice. Make it easier for yourself because it could be quite overwhelming, I can imagine. Oh, yeah. 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 It could be, but it it doesn't have to be. No, it doesn't have to be. (laughs) I like that. It's so interesting about what you talk about speaking up. And I know that's Speak Up Sister is the name of your book, (laughs) Um, which is fantastic, by the way. And in terms of speaking up, one thing, because I, I have spoken about this with many clients and many friends and even family members. So I have an aunt and she has a high position within a hospital Mm -hmm. and she's on the board and it's very male dominated. And Mm -hmm. she said, it's a problem that she sees other female managers do. And she said that they are leading like a man, (laughs) which I don't know on your opinion on that, but she said that a lot of times women will want to speak up and it's that fine line of showing they're confident and it can come across as almost arrogant or listen to me, listen to me. <laughs> so I don't know your, your thoughts on that, but that's something that has come up a lot in conversation and, and how we're trying to express ourselves confidently. Yes. Yes. It is a great question. And there's, there's a lot to, mm. to unpack there. So let's, let's dive into it. Uh you know, the first thing is it's always, it's absolutely essential to remember that leading with your authentic self is your most confident self. And when you, when you feel like you're trying too hard or trying to be something that you're not like a man, when you're a woman, uh, you know, that's, that's going to show. So in those, in those meetings, I mean, there's, there's a few different strategies uh, your preparation going into the meeting is a big one. You know, what are the the sound bites that you want to create? And we can we can talk about sound bites and what those are. Uh, having allies in the room is a big one, uh, so that when you are speaking up and maybe somebody is talking over you, instead of continuously being the one who says, "I just I try," I, like you know, you're trying mm-hmm. to say these things that people are talking over you, to have other allies in the rooms to say. Everybody, hang on a second. Gemma has something really important to say. Gemma, will you repeat that? I mean, that's strategic. That's not that's yeah. not shirking out of responsibility or, or downplaying. That's just that's strategic. Uh, so it's it's small things like that. Uh, it could also be that if there's a particular individual who's making attempted, I'm going to say, security breaches of your <laughs> confidence account, right, unauthorized withdrawals that you may have to have a conversation with that individual outside of the meeting to say, Hey, I notice it feels more like we're playing for different teams than on the same team. When we're in that meeting, uh, can you tell me a little bit more about what's behind that? That's really, really great. Um, it's interesting when you touched on that because that is something my own, she's a manager 
and mm-hmm. she works in a in a very big American supermarket uh, <laughs> in in Mexico, and she had this same situation happen, and he was on like she was managing this this person. And the same thing happened. He kept speaking over her and undermining what she was saying in front of the senior managers and directors. And she was like, I had to handle that in such a calm way. And, and she was able to. She, she was able to do it. And actually, the director said he was out of line, you know, what he was, he was saying. And, and even yeah. other women do it to other women. It's not, you know, a man versus women thing here. But it's interesting how you said, you know, pull them and have that conversation outside and always that maintaining that professionalism. To address it in a group is going to be, there's, there's a lot of variables and dynamics that could work either for you or against you. So the recommendation would always be to have a a conversation with the individual so that there's not an audience uh, that will likely be more effective. However, in the moment when you just state the facts of what is happening, uh, that can be powerful too. For example, Mark, I noticed that you're really passionate about this and, and you keep interrupting me let me finish my sentence, please. And then I'd love to hear your response, right? You're just, you're stating the facts. Um, and, and you know, this, the, the way you say it and how you say it, like, this is totally in your wheelhouse, Gemma is, is a huge piece of that. Because if you added in some tone and some sass to that sentence, it would <laughs> completely backfire, but just saying it with that mm. even keeled quality is going to take, is going to be very beneficial. Yeah, we, we will talk about the tone in, in, in a moment for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that is a huge part of how you come across as confident. And I think that's where it can come across as you're being assertive and confident in yourself or maybe a bit arrogant and, you know, the other, other spectrum. So, And that is in your tone, I, I believe. So you mentioned about the different sound bites. Can you expand on that? Yes. So I love, I love the soundbite, <laughs> the soundbite strategy, uh, the soundbite. Well, let me, so the, an elevator pitch is a, a term that most of us are familiar with. You know, how would you introduce yourself if you were in an elevator from, you know, between one and 27 or 56 floor or whatever it is, you know, about 30 seconds or less. Uh, so it's a similar concept, but it's even more succinct and direct. And a soundbite can be something as simple as how you introduce yourself you know, my name is Jamie McKinney and I'm the, the president of JMD Consulting. That's a soundbite, right? Uh, you might say, Gemma, I'm Gemma Keeling. I'm a world-renowned podcast host, right? I mean, those are that's something that's true inside and out. You can say that same thing over and over again and repeat it. And notice that when you say it, just how confident you feel, right? I mean, you know those words. You're embodying those words. You're living those words. And you can apply that same concept Anytime you're going into a meeting, into a conversation, into a high stakes situation, just think in advance, what's the one thing that I want to get across here? What's my, what's my key point? And, and also thinking about, and what does my audience want to hear? What do they want to know? Because it usually boils down to one thing. I mean, everybody wants to know that when you go into spending your time on anything, right? Like what's in it for me? (laughs) Why am I here? So if you can answer that question succinctly and lead with that, that's a wonderful soundbite. It establishes your presence at the beginning. It it infuses your confidence. It makes the deposit. And everybody will appreciate hearing 
the objective of our meeting today is to cover these three bullet points and decide on an action item. Right. I mean, who wouldn't appreciate that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, this, I, I, I love that. And about the presence and your confidence. And I always think about telling a story. Every, you know, everyone wants to tell a story, be a storyteller. But for me, the first story you should learn to tell is your own. And like I you said, that, that soundbite is perfect. And if you can repeat and say, talk about yourself confidently, even if it's just one sentence, mm-hmm. I think that's, that's such a good place to start. I, I love that. Absolutely. And, and kind of back to what we were saying before, Gemma, is that it's not like you have to develop this infinite number of skills in an infinite number of areas, if you can nail your soundbite, I guarantee you the story that follows is going to flow better for you. Yeah. I had a, I had a mini coaching session with a woman earlier this week and she's giving a two and a half minute presentation um, to an audience, a virtual audience of about 500. And we just made two tiny little tweaks to that two and a half minutes and and one of them was her soundbite and you could just see the the shift you know in her energy and she's like oh I've I've got this now and I was like yeah you do yeah they always say start strong and then the, what what's in the middle we can be a little bit more forgiving with and then ending powerfully can also be really great so one thing that I completely agree with you and is that I've seen you mention that you're not a fan of the expression fake it till you make it. Uh, And I personally think that's terrible advice, but I see it everywhere and I hear it all the time. (laughs) And I'm so happy to see that I'm not alone in this thinking. mm -hmm. And I'd love to know why that is. Why do you think that? And what can we be thinking or using instead? Yes. Yes. It makes, it makes my skin crawl. Uh, and I'm curious, Gemma, what, what, why does it get under your skin? Why, why do you not like it? Well, I just don't like, I think it's the fake it because I always think about being true to yourself. And I know people talk about that imposter syndrome and I do think we can. So I think we have multiple identities of who we are. And, you know, like you said about the authentic self, But we also have that kind of inner child that's a bit more playful. And I also think we have, you know, depending on who we speak to, you could be a mother, you could be a sister, you could be a teacher, a coach. You know, we all have these different identities of who we are. And I always believe about creating and building your own identity. And I, this is my interest in, in language acquisition and, and learning second languages is building that identity. Mm-hmm. And that identity is your true self. It's not about being fake. <laughs> so when you say fake it till you make it, then it, that's what gets me is that being fake. Yes. 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 So I'm, I'm, I'm right with you and you're, you're on point that there's nothing when you're trying something and you're learning something new that that's authentic you expanding your skills and and growing a strength and the words that we say to ourselves are so important and i love how you said your inner child i mean think about if you were teaching a 5 year old to do something would you say okay just fake it just fake it i mean i i picture you know where it's the winter olympics are going on right now you know all of these incredible athletes i mean they're still like they're trying new tricks they're doing things and i guarantee you they're not saying to themselves, oh, I'm just going to fake it. It's very dangerous that that self-talk, because when you think about faking it, I, I picture standing on trying to balance on one foot rather than two strongly on the ground, 
right? When you're on one foot, something will easily knock you over as you're trying it. But if you've got two feet planted on the ground and instead you can invite in the idea that I'm just, I'm practicing, I'm trying, I'm learning, uh, that's you're centered so much more in confidence than, than setting yourself up for failure thinking, oh, I'm just faking it uh, and I'm not going to make it. So I, I do like alliteration and rhyming because it makes it easy to remember things. So instead of fake it till you make it, uh, what I like to say is rehearse till it's verse. Just rehearse till it's verse. And you need to think about when you learn a song, like at first you're having to think about it. And then before too long, you're, you're singing it with like, you know, it's a soundtrack on replay and you're not even thinking about it anymore. Mm-hmm. And so the next time you go to try a new skill, and I like how you said that, just have that, have that playful attitude as much as you can. Like, I'm just going to rehearse, right? This isn't the, mm-hmm. the final curtain, you know, this isn't opening night. Like I'm just rehearsing until it feels more comfortable. And that invites in a much more open mindset to be able to do it and not be so hard on yourself and you know, let go of the perfectionism and just enjoy the journey. Yeah, that's it. For, I know for me in the past, and of course, even now, it's that putting the pressure on myself and that faking it puts even more pressure. I mean, yeah. stepping out and being someone that maybe I'm not or, you know, trying to fill really big shoes or boots. So that's the, yeah, that I feel that as well is putting that extra pressure. And then that rehearse. I don't feel that pressure. I like that because it's exactly. practice and preparing, which is what it comes down to a lot of the times is building it and expanding. I know it's a lot with the growth mindset of expanding your skills and expanding who you are. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah. And, and would you like a good example of how to practice this? Yeah, I'd love it. Okay. So one of my clients, uh, she's a brilliant engineer in the, in the oil and gas industry, uh, has perfectionist tendencies like a majority of my clients do. Uh, <laughs> and I joke that, you know, my name's Jamie and I've been a member of the perfectionist recovery program since 2013. It's a joke, but it's also completely true. Uh, but she decided to, she's like, I need to, I need to break these chains of the fake it till you make it and and try new things. Because if I don't, and I'm putting all this pressure on myself to learn new skills, I mean, nobody, nobody's winning in those situations. Uh, so she decided to do something completely different and she took a uh, Pilates class on the, I think it's called the Cadillac and there's all these, you know, straps and pulleys and cables and all like all these things. And she <laughs> said she did it and was just laughing at herself the whole time because she was not graceful or choreographed with any of it, but she just had fun and realized Oh, you know, the way you get to the graceful side, if that's even what I'm aiming for, is with practice. And it, it's just, it's helpful to take yourself, you know, out of that situation, the professional situation, enter into the playful side of things as a reminder, like, hey, we all start somewhere. And you can do this in a way where you can just have fun and not be beating yourself up about it for, you know, hours or days afterward. Yeah, I like that. So trying something new, I know it can be quite a humbling experience. And then you, you know, apply that and have fun. I love that. Just enjoying yourself. I know for many of us, it's putting pressure on ourselves, and we want to enjoy, you know, we might get invited to do an important presentation that's really exciting, mm-hmm. but it's that fear that, you know, overcomes us and we can't step out as we want to. Yeah. yeah. And that's, you know, grab a buddy. 
in that instance, practice with a, a friendly face, a trusted colleague, uh, that'll be incredibly helpful. And, and if, if your colleague also has something that, that she's working on, that's a, that's a great, uh, collaborative effort that you can do together. Yeah. Great. Now, one thing I know that you talk about is this free part system mm-hmm. uh, of unleashing your confidence. I'm sure we've touched on a little bit, but can you explain what that system is? Yes, definitely. So, so in my online course, speak up to level up, uh, the three part system to unleash your power and confidence at work, it's thinking with confidence, speaking with confidence, and showing up with confidence. Um, it all starts with your mindset and and your belief in yourself and the words you're saying and when you're saying them and how you're saying them. And then with that foundation and awareness, the speech, uh, both the words that you're saying and your and how you're saying them. And then lastly, your your presence, so how you're showing up with confidence. And there's a variety of variables in there. And once you dial in your system, it's look out, everybody. She's <laughs> she's on fire. Okay. So it's thinking with confidence and it's that mindset of, of the self-talk would come in there, I can imagine. And then yeah, this yeah. The self-talk and again the ownership piece, right? Mm. That this is this is you. It's it's up to you and you've got this. Yeah. And then actually the how you're saying it. So it's the power of your voice and how you are the words and what you're saying. And then it's that presence of showing up and actually doing it, right? Implementing everything. So one thing we've spoken about before is that importance of using your voice and how we Mm -hmm. can do it. I know that's something that I love to talk about, but I'd love to hear, you know, your opinion on that and what you can share on on the actual using your voice side. Yes, definitely. Uh, So there's you know, a variety of characteristics of, of voice. I think there's over 10 of them and three of them correlate directly to confidence. And that's your tone, your pitch, and your volume. And the tone, you know, the tone of voice, the, the, the SAS side of things or the talking back tone that tends to come out when we're feeling insecure or defensive. And once that happens, it's a, it's a red flag that your amygdala, the part of your brain that houses your emotions is getting stimulated in a way that if, if left uncontrolled, will cut off access to your prefrontal cortex, which is where your logical thinking is. And we all want to maintain that logical thinking. So one of the best ways to do that is to really focus on your tone and to keep it even keeled. Uh, you know, I make the joke that the tone that you sometimes talk back to your mom with, which, you know, none of us mean to do it, but it's happened from time to time. You know, the difference between using that tone with your mom and, and with your manager is that your mom will unconditionally love you and your manager will not. So <laughs> watch it in the workplace. And, you know, this is something that early in my career, I really had to work at this one because being in that very male dominated industry, being one of the youngest ones, I often felt defensive or you know, like my place there was being challenged and I noticed that that tone would come out. Well, the second that it did, I lost power. I lost power. That was a depletion in my confidence account. So what I learned to do was take a deep breath and and respond without the tone. And that was better for me. And that was better for my audience and for the conversation that ensued after that. 
Yeah, I love that. So taking a deep breath and I was going to ask you, so when that happens, what? how can we do that? You know, when you notice that that tone is in that moment, you would say, stop, take a breath, and mm-hmm. then really think, okay, this is not how I want to say this or the way the, the way I want to express myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you can also call yourself out. I mean, I know that it might sound a little scary, but it's better than somebody else calling you out. So if you say something and it comes out and you're like, whoa, (laughs) you know, you heard yourself and you're like, that's not how I meant to say that. Say that out loud. Say, you know, so let me try that again. Excuse me. Let me, let me try that again. That came out differently than how it sounded in my head Mm -hmm. and just repeat yourself and then keep going. And, you know, the first time you do that, it, it will feel awkward. Likely you're, likely to feel your heart pitter pattering, but oh my gosh, will you be so excited on the other side of it when you realize, wow, I did that. It worked and I can do it again. I love that. It's going to be hard the first time that, well, awkward. You said awkward for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's that first moment of speaking up and, but also that awareness of what you're doing. And that's something that I love to teach is being aware Mm-hmm. of what you're saying and how you're saying it and noticing. One thing that that I see people do a lot is especially, you know, if they have a job interview or they're speaking about themselves, is they may go back on what they're saying or they will say a really powerful sentence and then they will say, I think. Like, I'm the best at doing this, I think. <laughs> so it's really going back on that confidence. And I see it time and time again. Mm-hmm. So would you say there are any kind of free do's or don'ts? For me, that's one thing you don't do is that going back on yourself. But when it comes to building your confidence, expressing yourself and using your voice, are there any big do's, big don'ts that we should be focusing on? Sure. So when you know you've got that high stakes conversation, uh, you exactly what I just said, you know it. So you can prepare, you can create various sound bites. I mean, in an interview, it's a somewhat predictable conversation. I mean, sure, there could be com- questions coming at you that you're not prepared for, but being able to practice the sentences, like, like you just said, Gemma, adding the, I think onto the end, saying that sentence over and over again without, I think it's conditioning and flexing your, your confidence muscles. So whether it's that sentence or something similar, I guarantee that preparation, even if the sentence doesn't come out exactly the same way, it will still be helping you to grow that confidence in advance. So it may seem really basic and really simple. Do I really need to practice saying my name and why I'm here? (laughs) Well, no, you don't need to, but I guarantee that if you do, you're going to feel that and your audience, the person on the other side is going to feel that. And, and what does it hurt really? What do you, what do you have to lose? Yeah. Don't, don't over, don't underestimate the power of preparation, no matter what it is. Yeah. That's something I always talk about is prepare, prepare, and then prepare, prepare some more. <laughs> I was just going to say, you know, I'm a, I'm a professional speaker and I, I joke around that my dog can recite my, <laughs> my, presentations because that's the level of rehearsal and it looks very natural, but that's not without a lot of practice and a lot of preparation and a lot of rehearsal. Yeah. 
I know when I first started doing live videos and going on camera, I look at other speakers who are professionals and I see TED Talks and I'm like, wow, look at, you know, how they're able to do that. And then I look back, especially if they have a YouTube channel and they see they've been doing it for 12, 15 years or however many years and you see that first one and you realize, okay, well, that's where I'm at. <laughs> and, and it's taken a lot of practice. It's, it's, they didn't start out that way. Even, you know, some of the best speakers in the world, it's definitely something that they've continued and to develop. Um, so <laughs> that's, yeah, I love that you practice so much that your, your dog can recite everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Another one along those same lines is if you do make a mistake, just keep going, just keep going. I mean, we, we all do. And the things that we notice might not even be what an audience notices. So, you know, as they say, your focus goes where your energy flows. So just keep going to the best of your ability. Just keep going again. That deep breath can help. Uh, and, and they'll follow your lead. Yeah. So that's another one. I'm, I'm learning. I'm not failing. Right. That's a, that's a big mantra to have going into it as well. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. So you would say practice over and over what you want to say and be, even if it's just the simple as like the sound bite of knowing your, like your story, your name, that elevator pitch, being able to confidently do that and then keep going. Even if you make a mistake, no problem. Mm -hmm. Just, just keep going. Yes. And and then the third thing I would say is don't feel like you have to go it alone either. Uh, I, I talk about having a MAC team. Uh, MAC is an acronym for mentors, allies, and champions. And when you've got a big situation coming up, see if you know, call on a mentor or a colleague or somebody you know who has more experience than you do and say, hey, may I play this out with you? May I practice it with you? Because it's one thing to hear yourself say it out loud. <laughs> it's another thing to say it when someone else is hearing you. And that will be incredibly helpful in your preparation and your practice. Yeah. How many- and, it, this, and it could be somebody, you really, I mean, it could be an uncle, it could be a parent, it just any opportunity to, to practice in as, as real life of a setting as you can will help. They're one of the primary circumstances when confidence gets rattled is in unfamiliar circumstances. Mm -hmm. And not that any of us can time warp yet, but one of the ways that you can build your confidence is to familiarize the unfamiliar. So to the best of your ability, put yourself in the setting where you'll be. If it's virtual, practice virtually. (laughs) If it's in person, See how much you can get a feel for the room, you know, be prepared for temperature changes or the sun in your eyes or, you know, any of those little things. And not that any of them are even going to happen, but just in thinking through them, it prepares you that, oh, okay, if something happens that I wasn't expecting, it's okay, because I, I at least thought through some of this scenario ahead in advance. So I wanted to do a quick fire round and share with you some different (laughs) situations. Some of these we may have already covered. I mean, you don't have to give a quick answer depending on what it is. But so I'm going to ask you situations and ask, what would you do or what would you suggest? What's your advice? 
Discuss situation. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> let's so, go. <laughs> let's say that you want to be taken seriously as a professional, but you feel that you're missing out on a lot of opportunities. And especially this could be if you're a woman and maybe come from a diverse background. Mm-hmm. What would you say? What do you do? Mm. Uh, ask for them. That I, I I hear this a lot. I'm not being invited into these meetings. I'm missing out on these opportunities. And, and my response is, well, have you asked? Have you asked to participate? Well, no. I just I expected my manager to invite me in, or I expected this person or that person to do that. Some of some of us luck out and have really great managers who will invite us in and be very aware of leadership development. And some of us won't. And your career is up to you, regardless of what kind of manager you have. So if you feel like you're missing out on those opportunities, ask to participate, ask to get involved. I mean, the worst they can say is no. The best they can say is yes. And if they say no, follow up by saying, okay, what would it take for this to be a yes? So now at least you've got more information than you had before. That's something that my own family, my parents always say. They're like, just ask. The worst thing they can do is say no. And then you've got that information to move forward. So it can and ask again and then ask someone else. So, uh, yeah, wonderful. Okay, next situation. Let's say you're just feeling very self-conscious because you have to deliver a talk or a presentation. Mm -hmm. What do you do? What do you do? We, we, we've, we've definitely touched on this, but just to reemphasize again, I have three words, preparation, preparation, preparation. Uh, That will be incredibly helpful. Uh, The other thing is what's your pregame ritual. And what I mean by that is in the, in the minutes or the hour leading into it, I would highly encourage playing some music doing some push-ups, like do doing something where you you can feel strength in your own body, uh, removing yourself from the situation a little bit. I mean, it's like you know the Rocky fight song, or which is a little dated, but you know what's the <laughs> pull up a the Spotify or the YouTube channel with songs to pump you up, right? And just jam out, jam out to those, get out of your head, and just go into it again with those words. I've got this. I've got this. I've got this. And if you've prepared, you do. You absolutely have it. That's similar to what I would do. But there's one thing I do before to clear my mind and a lot of that self-doubt and self-talk. And I like to do tapping meditation. Mm-hmm. It does really clear my mind. And, and I find that easier because meditation can be a little bit, if you're new to it, what do I do? <laughs> so I follow along with an app. And then I'm able to step into like that pumping up, that self-talk, I've got this. <laughs> so that's how I personally do it. So, yep. And, and I love that. And that, and you're exactly right, Gemma, what's, you know, what's your strategy? I mean, these are recommendations that we're talking about, you know, test it out. And if it works great, and if not, just notice yeah. what are the things that you're doing throughout your day that make you feel good? And how can you incorporate that into the situation that, that awaits you? Yeah, sometimes it may be that you might call a family member who you know, or a best friend or a partner, and they've got the words that you need to hear. (laughs) Who's your phone a friend? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay, so another question or situation is you really want to stand out in a male-dominated, especially industry or maybe a technical industry. And, And I say this because this is a question that a lot of people ask me, you know, that competitiveness, 
and showing in that value that you have. I think that's a big part of it is I have all of this experience, but I don't really want to talk about it or bring it up and it can feel weird or <laughs> so how do you stand out? Yeah. So, so that visibility is key in your career. Absolutely. And whether it's, it's male dominated or not, uh, I would encourage somebody to really lean into her strengths or the, the topics that are really interesting. Like, you know, what do you find interesting that other people dismiss and learn as much as you can about it? I mean, stand out in that category. Again, this isn't about being outstanding in every category. It's picking one or two things where you've got an edge and you've got a natural ability. Uh, this is sometimes where it's helpful to work with a coach or you know a trusted friend or family member to help point these things out. I was talking to a group of CEOs yesterday and they were realizing that the things that come easily to them don't necessarily to other people. And that's how you know it's your superpower. And the more you can lean into that, the better off you'll be because when you're talking about it, just notice how much easier it is for you to talk about it. So it's not about taking a subject you know nothing about and trying to talk about that. I mean, that's going to play more to your insecurities and your confidence. It's what's the what's that piece? What's that topic? What's that subject matter in your industry that you really enjoy and learn as much as you possibly can about it because you'll naturally be able to express that better and create that visibility. Yeah, I really love that because it's not about learning everything, but playing to your strengths. One thing I also like is to add to that is I also like to play to your weaknesses and being aware of them. And sometimes you can use them to your advantage. I mean, that's the recent episode I put out is about your personality and how you develop skills and how you learn. And once you understand that you might not want to learn in a huge group, then that's okay. Like play it to your advantage of what works for you as an individual. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and owning it either way. And, and just like you said, Gemma, like realize what that is and then figure out how you're going to work with it, not against it. And that's what I love you know, about your programs, too, is that that versatility that everybody can get what, what they need based on their starting point. Yeah. Yeah. Go with what you have. And <laughs> yeah, I love it. OK, so one one final final question um, or situation. Let's yes. say you work very hard and you are ready for a promotion or you feel you're ready or for mm -hmm. a pay rise, but you don't really know how to go about it in the best possible way. Any advice in terms of showing up with confidence in that situation? Sure, sure. Well, well one thing to know is that there's no absolute path to get there. There's options. There's It's usually a variety of things. So know as long as you're doing something, <laughs> you're moving toward it. Uh, that so that it starts as an aspiration, right? I'm ready for a promotion. That's an aspiration. Now, the best thing you can do is make that actionable uh, because an aspiration might just sit there turning around in your thoughts, whereas an action actually allows you to move closer to, to the aspiration, to the goal. So when you're thinking about that, I want to get a promotion. Something you can do is jot down, what are all your unknowns right now? What are all the questions that you have? Like, what do I need to be qualified to get that? Whom would I need to speak with? Uh, is there a certain time frame that I need to be in my current role before I can be promoted? How does this process work within my company? 
And after you've captured your unknowns, go down the list and challenge yourself to find one or two people that could answer one or two of those questions. Again, this isn't about the entire list. It's just your starting point. And then once you get those questions answered, just notice how illuminating that initial conversation is and that it likely will infuse you with motivation to discover the next one and the next one. You know, Martin Luther King said, I don't need to see the whole staircase. I just need to see the next step or two. And the same thing applies here. But when when you feel that, when when that little voice inside of you is saying, gosh, how I do, how do I get that promotion next? Listen. Uh, because that's the that's the universe, that's your higher power sending you a message, message. Hey lady, it's time. And now it's up to you to take a step to move toward that. Yeah. And it's finding that one step, the first step, or maybe the one or two steps, but not yes. the whole staircase, not everything. <laughs> that's no, that that's when imposter syndrome comes in. That's when self-doubt can be debilitating. Yeah. Stay focused on the on the process, not the outcome. And what are one or two things you need to do to get there? And, and keep moving, <laughs> like you said, Elliot. I love it. <laughs> okay. Well, was there anything that I didn't ask you that you wanted to bring up that could be important? Uh, Gemma, I just I think the world of you, and I I love what you're doing. So I'm just I'm so honored to have I've got goosebumps right now. I'm so honored to have spent this time with you. I I really appreciate your mission and your message and. I would just encourage you know any of your listeners. Uh, I'm happy to support them in their journey. I mean, you and I have very similar messages with slight, slightly different twists on them. Um, so they can always feel free to go to my website, jamiemckinney.com. Uh, the Speak Up to Level Up course, the next uh, opening will happen in about a month. So that will be March of 2022. Uh, so yeah, check out the website and I welcome the interaction and hop on my email list and we keep in contact and I'm happy to support efforts in any way I'm able. Yeah, no, I was going to ask where they can connect with you. Um, do you have, you know, on social media, I will put the links for everyone as well, but do you have any that you could share? I know you mentioned your book and your course, um, but in terms of, you know, maybe reaching out to you, um, do you, what, where would you suggest to, is best to do that? Sure. You can either jamiemckinney.com slash contact uh, on Instagram. It's Jamie underscore empowers. And on LinkedIn, it's my whole name, Jamie Dandar McKinney. Um, so I'd love to hear from you. We'd love any feedback, questions. How do I do this? I'm ready for that promotion. What do I do? Yeah. Uh, 92% of the women who went through my three pillars of leadership coaching program last year achieved promotions or higher level responsibilities. I have one today at noon who has a big interview. So I will be infusing all the vibes in her and can't wait to hear, but that's the ultimate goal. Like, let's get you promoted. You've got the hard skills. You've got it perfectly on paper. Now let's draw out that confidence so you can, you can nail it. I love that. And that's, that's like you said, there's that we have that close kind of mission and that's the same for me is a lot of them have it and they know they have it. It's just, Stepping up, speaking up, sister, like you know, book. It's really, that's what it is. So yes, it is. Yeah, I love what you do, and it's been such a pleasure to have you. I really appreciate you and sharing all your wisdom and your advice and your knowledge with us. It's been wonderful. So thank you so much. Anytime, Gemma. My pleasure, and have a very empowered day. <laughs> thank you. 
you for listening to The Design of Communication. If you have enjoyed today's episode and listening to The Design of Communication podcast, then please follow us on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts and share the link with a friend or colleague who will benefit. Any questions you might have, feel free to send them my way. I love hearing from you. Thank you so much. See you next week.